Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello. Oh, yes, honey. Hello to my beautiful honeys. Welcome to this episode of Natch Butte. I am doing a little bit of an intro on top of the app, and we honestly love to see it, don't we? We love to see it. I hope everybody's having a lovely week. I just wanted to bring everybody up to speed a little bit on a couple things. Number one, my guest today, Dr. Kelly Colleen, is a total and utter queen, and we have such a wonderful conversation. I want to say thank you to all the Patreon honeys that helped me come up with questions for her. This episode is not a very funny episode. It's very informative and interesting, and I'm so excited that Dr. Colleen gave me her time on her damn lunch break to talk to her on Natribute today. And this goes without saying, but I will just give a disclaimer I am interviewing a female plastic surgeon. We are talking about bodies, women's bodies. I'm in no way endorsing plastic surgery. All of my honeys are perfect and beautiful the way they are. So I just wanted to get that out there. However, some people are interested in what is going on out there, the options that are now presented. This is an extremely knowledgeable female plastic surgeon that is giving us all of the information on the newest and best techniques and things out there. And that is why I wanted to chat with her. So please, if you're feeling uncomfortable with this topic, I completely understand, honey. This episode may not be for you, and I see you today, and I respect you. But Dr. Colleen is a queen, and I absolutely loved talking with her. And personally, I am all about a woman and a person doing something to their body that empowers them and makes them feel amazing. And we discussed that today, especially with the breast reduction conversation. So if you, like me, are interested in hearing about plastic surgery and what's going on in that field, then keep listening, sweetie. And funny enough, we did this interview over Zoom, and two days later, I was actually at her office because I have a boil on my leg that got infected. It's been a whole thing. Y'all heard me mention this on the Ben episode of Natchview. It turns out it wasn't even a boil. I don't exactly know what happened. I had a little bug bite or something on my leg that I squeezed. It got infected and then it got really big and I've had to go to the dermatologist and get it drained three times. It's been a whole thing. I've been on these crazy antibiotics. It's really not been fun. But I was at a dermatologist that was in the same building as Dr. Colleen two days later. And it was so funny because I saw her door and I wanted to knock and say, hey, Dr. Colleen, I just talked to you on Attribute. Here I am bombarding you in your office. But I didn't bombard her because she's busy and I'm sure her time is expensive and she's already given me her hour. But I did find that funny. My boil is finally healing, but honey, it was a journey. And the pictures I have of it are really nasty. I learned a lot. And the reason I'm sharing this information is because I feel it is my duty to inform the honeys of something that I don't think has ever been explicitly said on Attribute, at least not from me, which is don't pick. Don't pick at your shit. I remember when Lena Metcalf, physician assistant, was on, I believe she said, don't pick at your zits and things. 
but it is fun to do. And unfortunately, I have fallen to this bad habit. But I'm telling y'all with peace and love, don't pick at your shit. Take it from me. If I would have just left this little spot alone, you know how much money I would have left in my damn pocket right now? Because the doctors that I were seeing, the doctors that I was seeing for this, they weren't in network, honey. They weren't in network. It's been expensive. It's been painful. I haven't been able to work out. I've been on crazy antibiotics that are very strong and they fuck my stomach up. I didn't poop for days, honey. I didn't poop for days. It looked like I was pregnant with a poop baby. My stomach was, it was a mess. And I know this is personal, but I'm saying don't pick, honey. Don't pick, don't pick. Please don't pick. Take it from me. It was a hard lesson that I really needed to finally learn, and I have learned it. So here we go. That's the first thing I wanted to tell y'all. The second thing I wanted to say is thank you for coming in hot with the iTunes reviews. I'm so honored. So many of you listened and, and said they heard, you heard me crying out for some iTunes reviews and y'all came through. So thank you for the honeys, the queens and the kings who put new iTunes reviews out for Natribute. I'm sorry, I should say Apple Podcasts. It's no longer iTunes. The Apple Podcast reviews. I use Spotify personally, but I can't figure out how to leave a review on Spotify. If you can, do it, honey. Thank you for the reviews. I see you and I respect you. And again, if you haven't left a review for Natribute yet, I please do. It's really lovely. And it was lovely to read them. And it was lovely to see them come in. Imagine the power if all of us put through our our review. Imagine the power. It would be very powerful. So please look into that. And lastly, I'm just going to say, honeys, I have stepped away from my Patreon. The Patreon, Jackie J Patreon, is no longer putting out new content for the time being. However, this is a great opportunity for people to join the Patreon that haven't joined it yet because now you get an entire back catalog of a year and a half worth of content, podcast episodes, videos, Cookie Southern Ant, my exclusive podcast on the Patreon is a storytelling podcast where I very intimately delve into my life and my past and my anecdotes and my lessons. And it's some of my best work in my opinion. So this is a really good time if you haven't joined the Patreon to go on there, listen to everything and peace out. $5 will get you the entire back catalog. So check that out at patreon.com slash Jackie Johnson. And I will be back. I'm taking a break. I just moved and my studio that I'm currently in right now, we are still working on soundproofing it, getting it set up, setting up the cameras. It's going to be so cute and wonderful. And once it's all ready to go, the content will be flowing like Keonti from the Jackster. But I'm going to just take this little respite to get everything set up and regroup. And it's going to be fabulous, honey. Okay. Now, what I'm asking of my honeys today, and it's not a lot, so don't worry. I would love to know y'all's favorite episodes of Nashville ever. What comes to mind? If somebody were to say to you, hey, I'm interested in listening to Nashville, where should I start? What would be the episode you would direct them to? I'm very curious. Please leave it on the Nashville Instagram comments or send me a DM or something. I'm very curious what y'all would say. 
And thank you to all the honeys out there for all of the support. As you know, the Kooky Southern Ant Collection is out now with Source Fatal, and I'm just, everyone's loving it. Everyone loves the scents. Everybody loves the diazine deodorant and how well it works. So thank you to all the honeys for purchasing that. If you haven't purchased that yet, we have sourcefatal.com slash natch. Any longtime honey knows that Source Fatal Apothecary has been such an important brand to Natribute. It's one of the first products I discovered and really just raved about to y'all, and a lot of y'all embraced that brand. And it's been so fun and wonderful to work with this artisanal company based in Houston, Texas. We love to see it. So that's been exciting. There's just a lot going on right now. And it's really exciting. The holidays are coming up quickly, and we love to see it. So that's about it. That's all I have to say. Please enjoy this episode with Dr. Colleen, and I'll see y'all next week on Natch Butte, baby. Oh, yeah. Let's give them serum to talk about. A little skincare to figure out. Yeah. Let's give them serum to talk about. How about Natch Hello, everybody, and welcome to Natch Butte. Welcome to Natch Butte, the beauty comedy podcast where we laugh and we cry and we cream. I am your host and your guide, Jackie J, the beauty talk shock shock, your queen of creams, your host with the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer, and your kooky southern aunt. Welcome to Natch Butte. I have such an incredible guest today, a first on Natch Butte. We have never had a plastic surgeon on Nash Butte. My guess is so much more than that, but I'm going to start with a little fact, a little history for y'all. I've always wondered why do they call it plastic surgery? It's not like they're operating on plastic. They're operating on human beings, but this is why I looked it up. The word plastic in plastic surgery means reshaping, and it comes from the Greek word plastique, which is the art of modeling. So that's what you learn today. Today we are speaking with someone very exciting, a double board certified Beverly Hills plastic surgeon and breast and body specialist. And perhaps if you watch TV on the E! Network, you watched the seventh season of Dr. 90210, honey, which featured an all-female cast. It was revolutionary. I cannot wait to speak to the redheaded queen, the mom, the wife, the Dalmatian enthusiast. Please welcome my guest today, Dr. Kelly Colleen. Dr. K, welcome to Natch Butte. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you look so fabulous. We have so much Thank to you. discuss. Oh, I'm going to ask you my warm-up questions that everybody gets asked on Natch Butte. Okay. My first is what type of skin do you have? So my skin is kind of the same old boring combination skin that probably most of your listeners have. I have oiliness in my T-zone and I have dryness in my cheeks and forehead. I'm not going to lie to you, Dr. K. Almost everyone says that. Yeah, it's the most common. Especially in California. That's just what's happening. Yes. Absolutely. I I still had to know. So I'm glad you shared. (laughs) Yeah, pretty boring. this, This one I'm curious about. Do you remember, Dr. K, the first beauty product that you ever bought or used? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So like my favorite thing in the world to do when I was like preteen, early teens, go to Walmart because mm-hmm. that, I live in the 909, which is the Inland Empire for people that know SoCal. And yep. there's not a lot of exciting things out there, but Walmart was like the place to get everything. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited when my mom let me buy Seabreeze toner. <gasps> yes. For those of you that are, I know my so you remember Seabreeze? It was amazing. And then also the Maxima cream. 
the way that stuff feels on your skin. Oh my God. There's nothing like it. I kind of miss it. Honestly, I don't think it does anything for you, but it feels good. Do you remember what color your Seabreeze was? Because I feel there were different, there were different colors. There, there were, I always got the teal one and Mm -hmm. I don't, I, um, I don't remember the difference, but the teal one spoke to me. So my 12 year old self decided teal was the way to go. You're speaking to my heart. I remember burning (laughs) my flesh off with a sea breeze Noxima combo. Oh yeah. It feels good. I mean, when you're young, it doesn't feel like it's working unless something is burning and peeling and bleeding or something of that nature. I honestly kind of still feel that way. (laughs) I know I do love a good rough skincare product. I'm not going to lie. Well, we might get into that at some point. <laughs> My last warm up question is what? This is natural beauty. After all, we celebrate our natural beauty from within. What is the most beautiful thing about you? So I, I have a couple things. I'm weird about stuff. I've always really liked my shoulders and mm-hmm. I love my eyebrows. I don't know. I just like my shoulders and my eyebrows. I feel like those are some of my best features. And the duality. We love a symmetry. Yeah. Well, they shape your face and they give your face expression. So I've always loved my eyebrows and I don't really do much to them. I did over pluck them in the nineties, like probably half the people listening. So they have never quite recovered, but they're all right. That was going to be my next question. I appreciate how thorough you are. So I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you didn't. Do- Mine are completely destroyed. I've had microblading. I just bought a stamp. Yeah, it's it's rough. I had the unfortunate sperm brow phase as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that was early 90s. Yep. So I, there's some pictures from my sorority days that are pretty rough with sperm brows. And there was just a lot going on. I did the whole white eyeliner with a little layer of black. You remember when that was a thing? Mm-hmm. I was living my best 90s life in college. It was awesome. What house were you in? I was a Pi-Fi at UCSD. (laughs) I was loving Bama Rush TikTok. So was I. It completely brought me back to those days. And I was like devouring it. It was so exciting. I loved it. Same. I was a Delta Gamma at University Ah! of Texas. That was my second house I prepped. Oh my God. Pi-Fi was my second. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) We just missed each other. We did. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, yes. I love Bama Rush Talk too. I brought out all my old books and was going through my photos. It was so fun. I can remember what I wore to all the nights too. Like I was discussing with my friends. I literally remember every piece of my outfits from all the nights. It's the stupidest thing ever, but you know, it was a lot of fun. I still remember all my outfits and I wish I still had them because all that shit is back in style now. I know. I had so many fabulous pairs of Doc Martens back then. I miss those. I miss all my differently, beautifully colored Docs of different sizes. And the Doc Martens sandals, I don't know if they still have those. Those were hot when I was in college. Okay. All of it. Dr. K, I bought my childhood, my teenhood Doc Martens sandals on eBay a few years ago. Yeah. And I don't regret it. And I think you need to do the same. I need to do the same. Yeah, they're they're pretty special if you've never had Doc Martens sandals. They're amazing. Mine were so cute. And my mom was like, get rid of those. You never wear them anymore. And I sold them in the garage shell and I'll never forgive her. No, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, they're classics. Yes. So comfortable. Okay, let's get into your work. We could chat about this all day, but you're really here. <laughs> I would like to ask your opinion, Dr. K. Why do you think there are so few female cosmetic surgeons out there? I read there's only, it's only 15% of surgeons are women. So 15% of board-certified plastic surgeons are women. That's going to be changing in years to come because over half of trainees now are women in surgery and plastic surgery in particular. So things are going to change. 
surgery was not a very hospitable world for women for a long time. And um, it's still not for the most part. I think that the time requirements for training made being a woman hard because women tend to kind of shoulder the brunt of child rearing. Whether or not you want to accept it, men, that's just the reality. Even if both man and woman have... Um, powerful jobs, the woman still ends up doing things. And it's extremely difficult to have children and women frequently want to have families. So also the environment was not very hospitable. There was a lot of misogyny. There still is a lot of misogyny in surgery. And so I think that it it took a lot of dealing with a lot of awful crap to come up through the surgical world and deal with that. So the more women we have out there and the more women in positions of power, the easier it'll be for women. And I think that statistically our patients do better. There's been lots of studies showing that women's outcomes are better. So I think we need more women in surgery. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that half and half are coming up because I only let women touch this face and bald. Yeah. Men are, make wonderful surgeons. And so there's been a lot of discussion about why some of these studies have shown that women have better outcomes, lower mortality, lower complication rates. And these aren't massive differences, but they are statistically significant differences. And I think one of the things that women bring to surgery is our communication. And I think that good communication is really key for having good outcomes and for everybody performing their best because surgery is a team sport. So I think that having more women in surgery is going to be good for surgery because I think communication will improve and be different. Yes, honey. I think technically men and women, we're both the same. We do the same wonderful surgery, but I think the things that women bring to the table are unique and special and can be shared with our male colleagues just to make everyone's outcomes better. What a fabulous answer. And it is so exciting to hear that these stats are moving in the other direction. We (laughs) love it. Okay, Dr. K, I know you are a working mom. You have a bunch of Dalmatians. How many Dalmatians do you have? So I have four pets. I actually only have one Dalmatian. I have a seven-month-old Dalmatian puppy that we actually show. We're competing in confirmation with her. Wow. Um, Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Her name is Rory. And then I have a geriatric chihuahua that's about 16 with a bad heart, but he's awesome and he's been with us for a long time. And I have two ragdoll cats um, and two children. So I have a full house. You have a full house. You have a full career. I would love to hear a day in the life. What time do you get up? What time do you go to bed? Walk me through a typical day for you. <laughs> How do you get everything done? So I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm an early oh, riser. Wow. I'm just, without an alarm clock, I'm just, that's when I wake up. So I okay. I love getting up then because usually my house doesn't start stirring till about 6. So it gives me about an hour to do the stuff that I need to do before mm-hmm. my kids are awake. So like this morning I woke up at five and I did a Peloton ride for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I made myself a lunch to bring to work. I folded some laundry. I fed my pet. I just kind of got myself together so that I can go get ready. And then I usually get to work at about eight o'clock on a non-operative day. On an operating day, I usually get to work about 6.45. Wow. And then I've been in clinics seeing patients. Yeah, this is my lunch hour right now. And then I will see patients until five and I go home and I have Pilates at 530. So um, Wednesdays, I make dinner every night. So normally I get home, I make dinner. I I like to cook. It's like relaxing for me and and like a nice way to decompress after a busy day. Mm -hmm. Um, On Wednesdays, though, my husband makes dinner. So I usually have things set up so it's easy for him and he can just bang it out and have it done by the time I'm done with Pilates. 
Okay, I have so many follow-up questions. My first is, who's your Peloton instructor? Are you excited about Cody being on Dancing with the Stars? How do we feel? Cody's my boo, you guys. It's funny. I'm the type of person that I need lighthearted, fun, good heart, and I need to feel entertained Mm -hmm. because I hate working out. And I I need to do it because it's good for me. So Cody is my jam. I I love his humor. He brings me joy. I like his classes. I did a 20 minute 90s ride with Cody this morning. Yes. And I I love that he's on Dancing with the Stars. I feel bad for him though, because he's working. I feel like they should have given him a few weeks off Mm -hmm. so he could really concentrate on the TV show, but he's still pumping out classes while, while he's competing. I'm telling you, it. they work their asses off. They're such an incredible company. Everyone is so good at what they do, and I feel the same way. I've never Every been more motivated. Oh, yeah. everyone. They're great. Some of the yoga instructors are just my favorite people. Uh, Kristen McGee, I just want to be your best friend. Jess Sims, how could you not want to be her friend? She's- I want to be their friend. They're so cool and I, and they share and they're just such real authentic people. And it makes me want to work out, which is really weird because I don't like working out usually. You have to force me. I'm the same. When I'm riding with Cody, I'm laughing along. Totally. And it's truly just a joyous moment. So shout out to yeah. Cody. We love you, buddy. We love you. We love our boo. He's the Which, best he's, part he of the is, boo crew. I am too. I'll see you in the class. Okay. <laughs> My other thing is, thank you so much for letting me have your lunch break. I'm so grateful, and I'm sure all my listeners are too. Okay, we'll keep moving. Let's talk about breasts. I have to talk about breasts with you. You are an expert in breast reductions. I always feel the conversation around breasts is all about enhancing your breasts, but a lot of the work you do is reducing. And I saw on Instagram, you said, I love to do reductions. I, I personally have several friends. I've had a couple people on my show that have had them, so... Why are these your favorite? Breast reductions have, it's one of the most common plastic surgeries that's done in the United States. And it's really become one of my absolute favorite surgeries because it's, you get the one-two punch of giving a woman breasts they're proud of. Mm-hmm. And they also have all these symptoms that get better. So they're more functional in life and feel better in their skin. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like such a powerful surgery in a weird way. I know a lot of people are going like, you're reducing breast size. Like, what are you talking about? Like these women wake up and they're crying in the packing because they already feel less pressure on their shoulders. Wow. I don't think people really realize what just a couple pounds of tissue hanging low can do to your back and your neck and the strain that they cause. Sometimes I'll have a husband who's like a tool in the consult who's like, <laughs> oh, you know, she doesn't need it. I like her big boobs. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get some two pound weights and we'll hang them around your neck at yeah. about the level right below your chest and, and just wear it for a few hours. And you let me know how that feels. Yeah. And they'll say like, oh, the string's digging into my neck. And I'm like, yeah. So that's what the bra strap mm-hmm woman's shoulders and they'll be like my neck hurts yeah so that's what your wife feels every day um i don't think people truly realize how harmful it can be to your posture Mm -hmm. and it's just become one of my favorite surgeries i i have a little niche i operate on a lot of younger women Mm -hmm. we used to tell patients hey wait till you're older and have kids but we found that women actually do better when you do them younger And when you have a breast reduction younger, you don't develop permanent neck and back pain. You don't Mm. develop the self-esteem issues. You don't develop weight problems because of difficulty exercising. So Mm -hmm. it's really a fun group of girls and they're very, they're like a distinct group. They're all badass young women. Like they're the kind of girls that like go across the country for college and like spend the summer backpacking in Europe by themselves. Like they're just a brave, badass bunch. And I really enjoy caring for them. Fabulous. What extent 
have you seen the back pain diminish? Are you, do you always get messages? Do your people tell you just how different their lives are afterwards? Yeah. The, the cosmetic stuff is wonderful, but the, the medical improvement is really what wows patients. And it's almost immediate for most people. I had a woman who had seen, had multiple spine surgeries for a bad neck. Oh. I think she cried every time I saw her, like oh. her four appointments. Like I could barely even talk to her because she was just like a, a weeping mess in the corner. And from the first post-op visit, she just giggles every single visit. And she's like, I've never had this in my life. She's like, my numbness in my arms is gone. My neck pain is gone. I'm off of medicines. And it's, it's amazing. Like all of this money and time was spent managing her real spine problems, but the breasts were really contributing to it. And so removing that from the equation just made her quality of life so much better. Wow. It's fun. It's nice to make people's lives better. That's why we do it. That's why we do what we do. Exactly. And I know there are definitely women listening right now who have always been curious. What are some things that you should know before getting a reduction? Maybe things people don't think. And then I also want to ask you about insurance because your insurance might cover it, correct? If Depending... Yeah. So insurance can cover a portion of your breast reduction, you know, and so a lot of people will call their insurance companies. They'll say, oh yeah, that's covered. That doesn't mean it's covered for you. So just don't let them trick you. Mm -hmm. So you basically have to meet criteria. And so the criteria almost always is just purely a numbers game. So years ago, there was a study done where they asked plastic surgeons to evaluate patients they'd done breast reductions on. This just shows you how misogynistic and stupid this is. Right. All these all male plastic surgeons go, yeah, I think that woman got better. I think that one didn't even ask the patients from what I recall. And they just asked the the surgeon what their interpretation was. And so based off of which patients these surgeons thought got better, they made a scale um, of how much tissue those patients had removed in proportion to their body surface area in order to make their symptoms better. And this is the famous Schnur scale that everybody's probably heard of. So Mm. Unfortunately, with insurance companies, they don't care about your symptoms. They don't care what I think. They don't care what anyone thinks. All they care about is if you meet that number. If that number on that scale next to whatever your body surface area is, is something that I can physically do in the operating room, then they will often cover Hmm. whatever portion of your surgery that your your particular insurance. And that's how it works. That's really crappy. And Dr. Schneider himself has said that this was, this is not a proper use of my study, but you know, insurance companies suck. They all suck. Wow. Okay. Well, everybody get informed. And this is all very exciting intel. I would love now, Dr. K, to switch it up and talk about bigger breasts or perhaps more symmetrical breasts. When I was growing up, I grew up in Dallas. Everybody, all my mom's friends, they had silicone breast implants. They were big. They were fabulous. It was the 90s. And I know now there are so many other options besides silicone. There are less invasive options, things with quicker recovery and things like that. And these are all semi-new. I remember being little, my mom looking in the mirror and being like, I wish I could just take some of this and put it here and take this and put it here. And it feels like that's happening now to an extent. Can you walk us through some of the newer options? I would say that for women, the the look is very different now than it was in the 90s. You know, in the 90s, people have these big, gigantic breast implants that were disproportionate, just way out of proportion with the rest of their bodies. Mm -hmm. Women just don't want that. People don't come in off and asking for that anymore every once in a while, but usually no. Women typically just want a little bit of an increase and to feel a little fuller and a little more proportional. Mm-hmm. And so fat grafting has become relatively popular. Everyone knows fat grafting at this point because of butt lifts, Brazilian butt lifts, but we can also put fat in the breast. 
Just like in butt lifts, it's extremely important that it's done properly and proper breast fat grafting. You can go up, uh, depending on what you're starting with, about a cup size or so mm-hmm. per round of fat grafting, where we can borrow from somewhere else on your body where you may have a little extra you don't love and then use it in your breasts to give you a bit more volume. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a way to give you a natural size increase with a natural appearing breast. Mm. It looks great and it's a great option for the right patient. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, it's great. I would love to ask you really quickly about BBLs because I've got a lot. Some of my listeners asked me to ask you about this. You were saying make sure they're done properly, but they have a, there's a scary element, right? Or no, yeah, is that just I not mean, done I properly? I thoughts about BBLs and I'm sure I'm going to get criticized by some of my colleagues for saying this, but as a plastic surgeon, my goal is to help women feel better about their bodies mm-hmm. and help them adjust things that are a little bit out of the realm of normal, but I love keeping them in the realm of normal Mm -hmm. because women's bodies are beautiful. And I don't think we need to be made into something that doesn't exist in nature for us to be pretty and meaningful in society and culture. And I think there are many, many, many surgeons doing BBLs that create nice proportionate buns that match the woman's bodies, but there's a population of surgeons that are creating this fetishized, bizarrely shaped person that doesn't fit into clothing. And they now have clothing brands that have been designed just to fit these abnormal bodies that don't exist in nature. And I'm talking about these giant butts with the little tiny legs. There's so many icky things about it. These surgeons that do that type of surgery tend to have Instagrams where people are kind of pawing over themselves to get featured and they have pasties on with the surgeon's symbol on it. And they're dancing around and they're calling the surgeon's name babes. And it's just kind of an icky misogynistic yikes beast that I don't really want to be part of. It makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I think too, with some of the stuff we need to address the elephant in the room. And I know I'm going to sound like kind of woke right now. A lot of this grew out of fetishizing people of color's bodies. And I think that some of this is just a weird, icky version of that. And I I don't know, I just have some issues with it. I love helping women feel better about themselves. Sometimes doing a butt lift, adding some fat, shaping the butt is a beautiful way to do that. But I'm, I'm not talking about those patients. I'm talking about the ones and you all know who I'm talking about. Or you see them on Instagram and they're, they look like an alien. Like they don't, they're not shaped the way people are shaped. And they look like a cartoon. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. women with naturally large butts. That's not what this is. And I think all of us recognize that. The thing about that surgery I find scary is it has the highest death rate of any elective surgery. And wow, that's so scary. I, I think that we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Is it worth it? And does this make sense? And if something I was doing, if I found out breast reductions had the death rate that that surgery has, I would pump the brakes Mm -hmm. and take a hard look at what I'm doing. And and is this something I should be doing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ethical questions. There's a lot of nuance to BBL that is being lost in the social media hysteria. Excellent. Thorough answer. Do what I can. (laughs) I've seen the TikTok of all the women coming back from the Dominican Republic in wheelchairs, getting their BBLs down there. I don't know. There's just a lot of icky about it. And I don't know. I have, I know so many people that do a great job and they're ethical and classy. I almost wish they, they called it something different with those people, you know, and that yes. it was kept for the people that have some trademarked something that they call it or something there's some curve they're creating. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. 
Well, everybody be careful out there. And if you're interested in getting that booty tight, you see Dr. K, okay? <laughs> Don't mess around. Oh, yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, yeah. I would love to know, Dr. K, this is a question one of my listeners sent in. Do you have any recommendations for reducing the appearance of surgical scars? I would imagine that the work you do, the scarring is minimal, but this is something, I have a scar on my chin from when I fell down when I was seven. It's still there. Is there anything we can really do to get rid of scars? Yeah, scars are tough. I always tell patients is that part of the scar, probably 30% is me and 70% is you. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it has to do with how it's closed, but it also things that are important are how it was made yeah. and the situation and healing, whether there's tension or no tension, if it was made by a crush injury versus a sharp injury. Mm-hmm. And then also just what your genetics are. Some people just scar crummy. I think the key to a scar looking as good as possible because they're permanent. Scars never go away is getting it to fade so that the texture and the color is similar to the surrounding skin. Mm-hmm. So really the best ways to do that are number one, it's not a good answer. Anyone's going to like is tincture of time. I mean, if you mm-hmm. do nothing and wait it out, scars on their own look better with time. Mm-hmm. And then the other two things are also pretty boring. It's silicone products. That's really well studied. We just know they work. So they come in the form of gels and tapes that you can put on scars and it will make them look better. Even old scars, it can make look better. Oh. And then um, keeping out of the sun. The first year or two, UV exposure is really bad for scars. And everyone's going to tell you that tanning their scars made them look better. They're wrong. They're just wrong. And it doesn't. It makes them look worse. It's objectively false. So okay. keep out of the sun. Everybody should be out of the sun anyway. I'm a big advocate of that. As loving the color your skin is and don't damage yourself in an unsafe way to achieve some different color to your skin. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for scars. Now, if your scar starts doing weird shit, which sometimes they do. We have injection medicines, we have lasers, we have microneedling, there's all kinds of options, but mm-hmm. people don't often need that stuff. It's just a lot of fuss and a lot of expense when just little good old time is the only thing you need. Good to know. Time, you can't put that in a bottle. No, I wish you could. I'd be very rich. I hear that. Okay, there's so much more I want to ask you. Let's talk a little bit about mommy makeover. We hear the term mommy makeover, and everyone has their own picture of what that is, and that is your philosophy as well. If a woman comes to you and says, I want a mommy makeover, can you go through some of the things that could entail? I'm sure there's lots of people listening right now who have been curious about this or that. Yeah, so... It's funny because mommy makeover recently has been like a social media campaign that's very anti that term, which cracks me up because I find it very innocuous. But if that insults you, I'm sorry. I apologize. Just focus on the surgery and what we're doing and not the name. Yes, I absolutely love that the term is going out. But I know that a lot of women still use that term and come to you asking for one, which is why I wanted to break down what exactly it is. And we can decide to throw the term out. 
Mommy Makeover, the goal is to help a woman restore parts of their body they feel have been irreparably damaged during childbearing and breastfeeding. So for most women, what that means is something for the boobs and something for the tummy. Do you need a mommy makeover? No. If you aren't happy with these areas, have at it. Who cares? No one's making you do it and no one's telling you you need to do it. So I would say probably the most common things we see are women feel kind of deflated and empty after breastfeeding and want some volume in their breasts or their tummies were stretched out by growing a human and they want their skin a little bit tighter. So a tummy tuck is the right option for those patients. That would be the most common thing I see, but Pregnancy can affect you all over your body. It can affect your hair, your skin quality. Some women get cellulite they didn't have before. I mean, there's all kinds of options for improving areas of your body that you feel don't bring you joy after having babies. And also, would you say, Dr. K, that sometimes a baby isn't even involved? It's just a woman who wants her yeah. breasts lifted up a little bit, wants her tummy tucked a little bit, something you just can't get. You do crunches all damn day and it's just not tightening up. Yeah, I think this myth of targeted exercise needs to die. Stomach skin is loose. I don't care how many crunches you do. That's not solving that problem. And so just time, our bodies, we lose collagen. Our skin becomes looser as we age. Even with no babies, you can develop issues that bug you. So yeah, I'm an advocate for people, if it's safe, taking a hold of things that bother them and fixing them. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Are your books totally full? Do you have a five-year wait list? <laughs> we're, we're pretty busy. We're, my practice, though, I do breast cancer treatment and um, surgery as well. And so we have to be more flexible because we can't make breast cancer patients wait for obvious mm-hmm. And so I'm usually booked out a couple of months, but breast cancer patients, we fit in left and right just because it's the right thing to do. I'm just, I'm starting to save up now. Yeah, that's one of the problems with cosmetic surgery is it's expensive and you get what you pay for. We see people all the time who fly out of the country and they get bargain plastic surgery or they have it here in the country by someone who's not a plastic surgeon and they have not ideal outcomes and you end up paying twice as much as you would have paid if you just went to the right person. I'm an advocate of doing your research and not taking the cheapest thing. And if you can't afford it, don't do it. Don't put yourself into debt doing plastic surgery. Save up and do it when it's not going to financially decimate you. We're going to be here. I'm here for decades. I'm a young plastic surgeon. If you want to do a breast off with me, wait till it financially makes sense to you and is not going to terrorize your life. Well, I'm starting my savings for you now. (laughs) I'm excited. And everyone, you heard it here. Don't get a group on boob lift, okay? Please don't. I, I, I implore you. This is just not a good option ever. I'm very excited. I'm planning to see you someday. I don't know if even for what. I just something. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Okay, a lot of my listeners ask me about the emotional work that goes into surgery. Yeah. I feel it's a really big decision and it's right for some people it isn't right. Mm-hmm. How does someone know that this is the right option for them? I know that's a huge question, but I don't feel like this is ever discussed. At least I haven't seen it discussed. No, and I, I, it isn't usually discussed, and I think it's a very important topic. I think choosing to have a surgical procedure is a little bit of a mindfuck, you know, pardon my language. We're fine with bad language here. You know, you are choosing 
to undergo a surgery, you're paying lots of money for it. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, plastic surgery, you have to sit there and watch it heal for six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really underestimated the amount of what we call the movie blues in my practice, but Mm -hmm. kind of the, the kind of cyclical ups and downs people experience going through and whether it's right for you or wrong for you. I think the best way to figure that out is number one, Yes. Talk to your family and friends. If something really bothers you and it it makes sense for you to do it, talk to your family and friends and, and tell them what you're thinking and, and how it affects you. And mm-hmm. I'm an advocate of, of trusting opinions of people that you love and, and care about you. Because sometimes people see things from a different perspective. Sometimes you think your spouse doesn't like something and you should never be doing something for your spouse. And when you actually talk to them, they're like, what, the, what are you talking about? Your boobs are beautiful. So I think that often that helps get the right information into your head. Mm -hmm. Go see a plastic surgeon, you know, see a plastic surgeon who is ethical and not trying to sell you things, gives you options and helps you through the process and doesn't bully you into something. And so Mm -hmm. I think that unfortunately, even in in every field, there's people that if you wave a credit card around, they're going to grab it Mm -hmm. and they're going to charge it and they're going to do something to you. But I think it's really important to find plastic surgeons that will give you all the options, including doing nothing as well as minimally invasive things and just let you mull it over and figure out what makes sense to you and what you're willing to tolerate. And then I've seen patients, I've been in practice uh, for 10 years since I finished my fellowship. And I see patients on a regular basis who are willing to put themselves in horrible financial situations to do cosmetic procedures that are completely elective. And this is just always a bad idea in my mind. Mm -hmm. There is no urgency to any of this. You are not going to die if you wait six months to have a tummy tuck. And everybody should be on a comfortable financial footing before surgery. Because one of the things that's underestimated, which I think makes people have even more depression after surgery is that complications happen and they can be expensive. Mm -hmm. If you have a complication after your surgery, and you already took out six credit cards to pay for it, you're going to be in a bad place if you develop bills because you end up in an ER or you require a second surgery for an infection or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I I just want to make sure all of my patients are making good decisions and I'm helping them make good decisions and not financially devastating them for years and years to come. All important stuff, all important stuff. But more importantly, Dr. K, who do people tell you you look like? I'm getting a Lana Del Rey vibe, and that is a compliment. It's funny. I was on that television show, and people don't often tell me I look like anyone, but I all of a sudden, I would see people commenting on Eve's Instagram about stuff. So the hair, I get Nicole Kidman. I don't think I Mm -hmm. her, but I think the hair leads people there. And then I get Elizabeth Shue a lot, who's a... Um, especially when my hair is curly for some reason. I had heard Lana Del Rey before. And then kids always tell me Ariel from Little Mermaid. Yep. Whenever little kids are like, oh, the doctor looks like Ariel. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> hey, those are all icons. So you're in good shape. I would love to look like any one of them. So I'll take all of it. <laughs> okay, let's continue. I would like to talk about skin cancer. I read that you are a skin cancer survivor. I am. So my husband and I started dating right at the end of my general surgery residency, and I found a melanoma on him. Hmm. And about six months later, I found a melanoma on me. And being 30 years old and being told you have skin cancer, the worst type that like kills people. And we're not talking about your grandma with a little crusty spot that they burned off. I'm talking like this kills you. It became kind of right in my view that not live to see an old age. This is scary. And I started really looking into 
well, how the hell did this happen to me? And how can I prevent it from killing me? And how can I help other people? So it's become a little bit of a passion for me. And I've been involved in some skin cancer related charities and events in the past. I think that we as a society love telling women that their skin color is bad. I think light people are told they need to be darker and dark people are told they need to be lighter. And in actuality, it's all really pretty and you should just be what you are. I love that. Yes. And Sun exposure and tanning and tanning beds in particular is dangerous and should not be legal in the United States. And it's banned in most other countries, FYI. So it's become kind of a a thing with me. I'm very anti the tanning industry and tanning. I don't think anyone should do it. I don't think we should encourage it. I, I think we should all just love the skin color we are because nobody deserves to die because they wanted to be tan. It's stupid. I wish that you were around when I was young because I was guilty of that. I wanted to be tan. I wanted to be like my mid-2000s tan fantasy. And this is going to upset you. My parents drove me to the tanning bay. I I mean, we didn't know. And I did tan and I regret it. But a few years ago, I said goodbye. I said goodbye, son. You've been great, but I'm done with you. Yeah. I mean, if you tan once before you're 25, you massively increase your risk of melanoma. I mean, that's really scary. I've tanned a lot before I was 25. I know. It's a really, it's a really scary thing. And there's just, there's no reason for it. These tanning beds have five to 15 times the amount of UV exposure is the midday sun and you're getting it in like 10 minutes. And there's, again, there's just no reason for it. In California, we didn't have a big problem. We don't have, people just don't tan in tanning beds here because it's so sunny. When I lived in Kansas for a few years, they were on every corner and I, I would see people left and right that were just cooked when they would come into my office. And it made me so sad because not only are they potentially killing themselves, your skin looks terrible as you age when you do that. Uh, I'm so depressed that that happened, and I really hope that my listeners listen right now. If anyone is tanning currently, don't let your friends tan. And also, is there anything I can... How do I know if I have melanoma? Do I need to go do those body checks? Yeah, I'm a big fan of having a good dermatologist in your team of treating physicians. So part of what keeps people healthy long-term is preventative care. And young people never want to see doctors because they're like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't want to waste $50 to find out there's nothing wrong with me. And and I always try to encourage people to look at it like I'm so blessed that it was only $50 and nothing's wrong with me. Because once properly, your life will be saved. I I think that seeing if, if you have been tanning in your youth or you tan now, which stop, or you've had bad sunburns, you live in Florida, California, Arizona, places where we are out in the sunshine year round, mm-hmm. go get a skin check, see a professional, have them look you over. If you've never had a real dermatology skin check, they look like between your butt cheeks, they look in your hair. Um, they're looking everywhere between my toes, my dermatologist. It's invasive, but mm-hmm. it's what you need to do because if skin cancers are found early, like mine was, your chance of living through it is very high. And it's just human nature. We don't notice changes that are slow over time. So we don't really typically notice when our moles change. So let the dermatologist look at it, get some biopsies if needed and, you know, keep yourself healthy long-term. So it can be hard to find a medical dermatologist. So just talk to your friends that, you know, have seen a dermatologist and you can get set in the right direction. There's a lot of great ones out there. 
Fabulous. And I will head to Cedars. I'm not, I was just there yesterday. I have a boil on my leg. It's oh, disgusting. I'm I know. sorry. It's disgusting. I'll spare you. It's, <laughs> that's my home hospital. Like, that's where I, I trained and that's where I am on staff. That's my Yeah. It's it was really wild. I had this little bump and then it started getting bigger and I'm like, what's happening? So I'm on antibiotics. It's been a whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Listen, like you said, you got to be up on your shit. I didn't want to go to the doctor. My husband's like, go yeah. to the doctor. You just you just have to. And again, things that are caught early are slam dunks. Things that are caught late kill you. So um, yep. make sure you have a doctor. Make sure you're seeing your OB on a regular basis. Make sure you have a primary doctor. All these things are very important. Oh, you heard it here, everybody. Don't forget your dentist. That's the other thing too. I always tell people, I know it's not my field, but you need to have good teeth long-term. So your bad teeth can cause bad problems. So make sure you see a dentist every once in a while. It's, it's, it's definitely worth paying for a cleaning and an exam. Okay. I got to go to my dentist too. You're really calling me <laughs> out today. I'm like, I'm like a mom. I'm like giving you all this, this list of things to do. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm about to call every doctor I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, Dr. K, two last questions. We have to hear about your skincare routine because I know you know every good thing going on. You've got the products down. I would love to hear your favorite products. And then I would love to hear about your self-care rituals because it sounds like you're taking care of lots of other humans and animals all the time. What are the things that you do for yourself every day? For me, for myself, I what I found is that I won't take care of myself unless I just schedule it into my schedule. Mm-hmm. So the things that are meaningful to me in particular is exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do Pilates three times a week and I have had the same fucking dates for years. I go the same days, the same times, Mm-hmm. Same instructors. I have done it for years and that makes me feel like a whole ass human to do that. I feel like I don't feel right if I don't do it. And I wouldn't do it without it being scheduled or without fear of losing money. I relate to that. And Pilates is great for me. It helps my neck and my back. The surgeons, we punch over, we have terrible posture and it's just, it's wonderful. If you've not done Pilates, I, I tell everybody to try it. Pilates are absolutely fabulous. And then I think also just adding a little bit of peace and quiet into your day. I think we live in the world of technology, social media. My phone's always digging. I get an Instagram DM. Someone's like calling me bad words on Facebook. It's just some shit every minute. And I feel like when I get up at five, between five and six, I, I try to just to be in peace and silence because I, I know that I'm going to hit the ground running the second my children wake up and I go to work. I, I do better if I have some time to kind of just be and experience the peace of the morning and not be intertwined in something listening to politics or, or something to get my mind in a tizzy. I just need peace. And the last thing is I do a meditation every night before I go to sleep. I, Peloton. I'm a Peloton med- sleep meditation person. I've done it for a long time now. Oh. And it really helps me turn my mind off before I go to bed because I have an anxious mind. And I think those are kind of my big self-care 
things. I, I, one thing that's come late to me in life that I try to encourage in my children and, and younger people in general is learning to respect your body and keep it strong. I think that these were not lessons taught to me by my parents. My parents don't value physical PE and sports and they don't value using your body. And I think that you need to value keeping your body strong. And I'm not talking about being thin. I, I think that your body should be strong. You're, you should be able to do all of the activities you want and feel comfortable doing it. And the only way for that to be true in life is to work your body out. And I think everybody should just schedule exercise into their week. And do you have any favorite products? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a skincare junkie. I have, I change things up a lot, but this is my basic routine. So in the morning, I'm not picky about cleansers. So don't waste your time. I'm a lover of the Terra 28 spray with head. Mm-hmm. I said, I've been using that for years. My skin's very fair and I'm very inflammatory and it just helps calm everything. My next step is an antioxidant. I use SkinCeuticals antioxidants, AOXI and Silamarin. And then I use an, um, product from SkinCeuticals called Blemish Plus Age, which is like a exfoliant, chemical exfoliant, anti-acne, anti-aging product. And then I wear a sunblock and my makeup. So that's all I do in the morning right now. My nighttime routine is remove my makeup. I like the makeup eraser. Um, mm-hmm. I also use Bioderma, depending on if I'm doing like stage makeup or versus just normal makeup. And then Tower 28. I uh, love, love, love SkinCeuticals products. I use H2, I'm uh, sorry, H, uh, HA Intensifier and then Triple Lipid and a Retinol at night. That's kind of my my normal. I bounce around with different growth factors. I've never found one that I'm really like, wow, this is this is it. This is changing my life. But I like this part of the ZO ones, my favorite, the ZO growth factor. That's pretty much it. I'm just an aggressive skincare person. Is that what they make out of circumcised baby wieners? <laughs> that is actually the Skin Medica product, I believe, the uh, the TNS. I've used that in the past, and I, it's not my jam. I'm, um, a lot of people love it. It's not my jam. I do like the BioPel snail slime. That one's good. If you like a cookie ingredient, that, that has the, the snail slime. Remember when that was hot, hot mm-hmm. years ago? That's a nice product. I use that on and off as well. So yes to snails, no to circumcised baby dicks. No baby wieners. But I have no problem with baby wieners being used. That's fine. It just doesn't, it's not my jam. Yeah. Well, I have learned so much today, Dr. K. It sounds like somebody listening could get an appointment with you. It would be super, <laughs> super difficult, which is exciting for us Los Angelinos. Come see me. Oh, I'm coming. You should. I would love to see you. So Dr. K, can you please tell us where we can find you on the internet slash real life for anyone listening that is interested in a consultation? Sure. My office is in Beverly Hills on Bedford. I'm right right behind Anastasia, if anybody's familiar with the famous brow joint over here in Beverly Hills. Um, right in the middle of the Golden Triangle. It's really easy to find. You can find me online at drkaleen.com and um, you also can find me at uh, my Instagram, klkaleen. And I'm very responsive to DMs. I run it myself. So you're actually going to get me. Don't worry if you write things. I don't give consults out over DM. It's not HIPAA compliance, so don't try me. But I'm, I'm happy to answer basic questions and, and steer you in the right direction. And every once in a while, if you're not from this area, I'll know someone where you are. So I'm happy to give recommendations for friends that are good surgeons as well. So you're saying I shouldn't send you a DM with my boil right now? No, people do that. 
a regular basis. I've, I've had a lot of interesting DMs. Yeah, sometimes medical stuff, and sometimes just random pieces of people's anatomy that I didn't need to see. But that it goes with uh, doing things that are visible in the public eye. You know, I won't lie to you. I've gotten those same D and I'm not even board certified. I haven't even gone to medical school. I haven't even gone to get my master's in anything. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot. One time I did a SkinCeuticals live on Instagram, um, just talking about sunblock. And within 20 minutes, I had multiple dick pics from oh, wow. random guys. And one of them sent me like six different angles. Like he really wanted me to evaluate it and let him know what I thought. And I was like, wow, this is aggressive. Like now, did he say there might be a melanoma or he just was no, saying in general? No, it was just, you know, there really wasn't any text on that one. It was just mm. six different angles of his, you know, mm. just, you know, not exactly what I wanted to see that morning. Um, but I guess mm. block is really exciting to some people. Well, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So he sent you a 6,000 word essay. Exactly. Yeah, it was a little horrifying. <laughs> oh, oh, as women, what we endure. Thank you so much, Dr. Colleen. This has been my absolute delight. Everybody wear your sunscreen. Please okay? wear, wear your sunscreen. Wear your sunscreen. You deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And don't forget to cream your neck and keep your fringe fresh. Dr. Colleen, I'm assuming you cream your neck. Of course. Yes. I know. She's a professional. You got it. You got it.